You are listening to So What, a podcast from Canadian Mennonite University. CMU is in Treaty 1 territory, Winnipeg, Manitoba. I'm your host, Jonas Cornelson, and I'm in Treaty 7, Calgary, Alberta. This is the final episode in our series on Nawi Udana, the First Nations-led redevelopment of a former army barracks in southwest Winnipeg into a mixed-use urban reserve. We've covered lots of ground, negotiations over the ownership of the land, and the coming together of two partners, Treaty One Nation and Canada Lands Company, to plan and develop the site in a way that showcases Indigenous history, culture, and design. Today we're going to hear a little more about the plan itself, and how the leaders of Treaty One hope the area will become a vibrant piece of Winnipeg's urban fabric. And it's just down the road from CMU. We'll start with how the new development will blend with the areas that already surround it. Then we'll talk about the mix of uses planned for the site and how that might feel at street level. Finally, we'll turn back to the theme of neighbors that we started this whole series with and hear a bit of what Treaty One Nation leaders hope for from the surrounding communities. All the quotes you'll hear come from a September 2022 town hall event on the future plans for Nawi Udana, hosted at CMU by Treaty One Nation and their development company. Let's get into it. So we're really looking for seamless integration. So we don't want somebody to look across the street and be like, oh, there's a completely different community. Um, in the way that it wouldn't fit in. That was the voice of Jolene Mercer, Director of Governance for Treaty One Nation, talking about the way the edges of Nawi Udana, where it borders existing neighborhoods, are being planned. In the intro, I mentioned urban fabric. Let's make the metaphor ridiculous for a second. If Winnipeg was a pair of jeans, the Nawi Udana land is a big hole near about the left knee. On Google Maps, it's just an empty gray space. Now, if I was good at sewing and wanted to patch that hole without drawing extra attention to it, I'd use a color of thread that didn't make it obvious where the original jeans ended and the patch began. If the transition really is seamless, as Jolene said, I guess there wouldn't be thread at all. Okay, enough with the jeans metaphor. Here's Dave Thomas, a longtime architect, now planning and design manager for Treaty One Nation, describing how those principles will be put into practice. Along the perimeter on the west side, we have uh, some kind of smaller housing units, and those are to blend in with the community. Some of the house, the smaller units on this side here to the west of the site. So that is a transition, not like a stark, a stark kind of, you know, you come from the existing community into the new community. And there's, we want it to be seamless. We want it to blend together. Do you remember a couple episodes ago when I mentioned Swindon Way? There was a group of residents who were somewhat concerned that their low-rise townhouse complexes would be dwarfed by some massive development right across the way at Nawi Udana. According to Dave Thomas here, that simply isn't going to happen. But even with these smooth transitions, as Jolene Mercer tells it, there will be some ways that you can tell the difference when you enter Nawi Udana. However, you will know that it is a completely different community because we have, we have design standards. So everything that's built there has to conform to the design standards that we have. We're also looking at other um, environmentally sustainable things that we can do. And we have a really great opportunity now. 
just to remind you, 68% of Nawi Udana is First Nations reserve land, not municipal land. So Treaty 1 Nation can use some different design and construction standards than the city of Winnipeg. One of these new standards might even make other Winnipeggers jealous. New technologies, even in terms of the materials that we're looking at for building our roads. So uh, all through our negotiations with the city of Winnipeg, we keep setting, kept saying, well, our standards will be at par or better. For instance, our roads will always be better than yours. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the applause. Winnipeggers love to drive almost as much as they hate their roads. We'll get back to roads in a few minutes. Jolene was saying that much as Nawi Udana will blend in with the nearby areas, there will also be ways it stands out, especially with these new design practices. And as Chief Gordon Blue Sky from Brokenhead First Nation put it, there are other ways in which the area really should stand out. You know, I, when we talk about seamless, seamless, uh, from one neighborhood to the next. I don't believe that seamless should exclude my, my cultural, shouldn't exclude my, what makes us as indigenous people. The names of the sites, those are things that should be embraced and shouldn't be fought. Those are things that I feel that are, is what this city needs, you know? It needs to be colorful. You know, you know, 60 years ago, it wasn't so colorful. 50 years ago, it wasn't so colorful. And I think our language is beautiful. I think my people are beautiful. I love the way Chief Blue Sky put it there. It's a good reminder that seamless doesn't mean sameness in how the area looks and feels. While Nawi Udana will integrate with the surrounding areas, its overall urban design certainly doesn't replicate these older neighborhoods. Let's take a look now at some of the different land uses planned for the new development. So um, along the west side, we got smaller residential, and then as it moves east, we've got some buildings that become larger, and we've got um, commercial space along Keniston. I think when we were working with the planner, uh, one of the discussions we had was some of the, the energy that's happening uh, in the strip mall by Superstore, it just continues through the site and, and kind of we activate it in a certain way that it becomes more friendly to the neighborhood with walking and that. So That's planning and design manager Dave Thomas again on how the mix of residential and commercial buildings changes throughout the site. In the master planning document, the design of Nawi Udana is captured by phrases like mixed use and complete community. Mixed use is exactly what it sounds like. Residential, commercial, and recreational areas are integrated in the same blocks and even the same buildings instead of separated. Complete community is sort of an aspirational term. People in such an area can meet most of their daily needs on foot or bicycle if they so choose. For some, this would even include their workplace. Overall, the master plan indicates up to 3,000 residential units and 1.2 million square feet of commercial space when Nawi Udana is finished. I could go on about this, but suffice it to say the vast majority of Winnipeg isn't built this way. Nawi Udana aims to change this, particularly in the sections that parallel existing major roads, Grant Avenue running east-west and Keniston Boulevard north to south. Let's look at Keniston Boulevard. Dave already mentioned it back there. It's also known as Route 90, 
and for years there have been calls to widen the road for vehicle traffic in the area. According to Tim Daniels, Chief Development Officer of Treaty 1 Development Corporation, the Nawi Udana plan allows for that widening, as well as the development of primarily commercial mixed-use spaces in that corridor. So, you know, we all know it's a premium location uh, right on, on, on Route 90. And uh, just to let you know, uh, in the get-go, the, question, the big question is, what do you, are you, are you going to allow uh, for the widening of Keniston? And we are. We're, you know, we, we, we will, we will, we, you know, that this has never been widened because the, you know the land ownership was been, been in dispute all these years. So now that the city knows who the owners are, that that will be widened in, in in the future. We want we want we want people to stop in our in our in our future businesses, but we want people to travel through and uh, to get to their homes and other sites across Winnipeg. Uh, real cool. So that's I look forward to that as myself. A few minutes ago, I talked about Winnipeg's love hate with roads. I told you we'd get back to roads. And this part is truly funny, because as I was listening to the event, I really wanted to ask Tim if expanding Keniston would benefit other modes of transportation beyond cars. In case my biases haven't already been blasting out your speakers, I'm all about walking, biking, and public transit. Then lo and behold, in the final minutes of the Q&A session, I heard a familiar voice on what her son might say had he been there. As you talk about widening Keniston, and I heard us all get very excited about that for cars, he would wonder, and so I'm asking on his behalf, how, could, how can you folks, in terms of your development, put you know, some pressure on Winnipeg to remember how to you know, include bike kind of um, accessibility in that very great corridor that people could start using and feel really excited about. So just asking on his sure. behalf. Yes, that just happened to be my mom, Dory. And I was touched that she got up and spoke on my behalf, if not slightly embarrassed that I had basically demonized the entire audience for their love of roads without even being there. For my part, having been called out, I'll say this. Whether Keniston ends up being two lanes or three in each direction, I'm encouraged by the overall design principles in the Nawi Udana Master Plan. The sections right along Keniston are designated commercial mixed use, meaning everything that fronts onto Keniston will be commercial, but residential units are possible above and behind those buildings. The Master Plan also indicates that all these developments should be accessible by foot, bike, and transit, with car parking designed to minimize traffic and visual impact. And hey, if there's big construction happening on Keniston anyway, throwing in separated bicycle paths would be a major step toward connecting existing, relatively new, bike routes along the same corridor to the south and north. From Ikea to the Assiniboine River and on to Polo Park Mall, all on separated bike paths. A guy can dream, right? Also, Keniston Boulevard is not the whole story of Nawi Udana. I'm even more excited about the section of the property along Grant Avenue, which runs east-west and reaches CMU just a couple kilometers down the road. This is planned as a mixed-use village, with residential buildings up to six stories, integrated with retail, restaurants, patios, and generous sidewalks at street level on both sides. There's language in the master plan like, quote, active uses at grade to create a pedestrian-friendly, transit-supportive urban environment along Grant Avenue. It's hard to explain just how excited I get about this, especially because it sounds like planning mumbo-jumbo, 
But behind the mumbo-jumbo is a vision of urban life that has long been missing from Winnipeg. Somewhere made to walk, bus, and bike between sidewalk-adjacent storefronts instead of plodding through massive surface-level parking lots. Here's a bit more from planner Dave Thomas in response to my mom's question, or my question through my mom that we heard before, on where the planning and design team had to look for examples of how to build this kind of area well. We've been doing some research on, on walkable areas, like walkable shopping areas. So we found some sites in Scottsdale, Arizona, in Surrey, in Vancouver, and um, we're just like developing some of the, looking at some of these, the qualities of some of these spaces. It just makes sense if there's a sidewalk, you want to have bikes separate. We're probably, like, we're looking around the world at different examples. Because when I talk to the city and I, and, and I talk to different um, advocates for bike paths, I talk to them and I say, where in Winnipeg are good examples? And they said, there's none in Winnipeg. <laughs> you have to look in Europe and around the world. So we're looking at those. So, If you've been to downtown Winnipeg, you know that frequent parking lots do not add to the vibrancy of an urban space. Naui Udana's mixed-use village could well be a test case for how the rest of Winnipeg reimagines itself as the city grows and changes. I laughed when Dave said that there are no good examples of this kind of walkable area in Winnipeg. But I would add there aren't any yet. All in all, while there may be more lanes for cars on Keniston, we will also see a lot more activity at street level in Naui Udana. I think my experience living on campus at CMU would have been greatly enhanced by having a mixed-use village down the road instead of empty lots beside roaring car traffic. We've heard lots here about what Naui Udana will look like from a design perspective. At the same time, we've barely scratched the surface. The master plan is a 56-page document, and it's available at treaty1.ca if you want to go for a truly deep dive. Despite what you may think about planning documents, it's a good read. Just before we go, I want to share a couple of thoughts from the Treaty 1 leadership on what they hope for from their neighbors when Naui Udana is built. With lots of students living on campus, and many more students, faculty, and staff commuting through the area daily, CMU is in a great position to interact with what's going on at Naui Udana. I just got one uh, point there is, um, you know, especially in terms of institutions like this is, uh, you know, take the opportunity to learn. That's Chief Gordon Blue Sky answering a question from a CMU staff member on what the folks at Naui Udana would like to see from their neighbors. While he was addressing CMU, of course, I'll also note that there are two high schools just east of CMU on Grant Avenue great opportunities there too. Now, here's Jolene Mercer again, Director of Governance at Treaty One Nation, with a little more on why these learning opportunities are important and what some of them may be. What I think universities can do and should do is exactly what was already said, is, is that, that teaching and that sharing and that learning. I think that there are all kinds of things that happen uh, with uh, First Nations people that mainstream populations just don't understand and they don't know about, they've never learned about it. You know, we're, we are really trying to make it open and welcome to, to everybody to come and learn. And uh, we, we have a plan for a number of museums there so that 
you know, could become part of the curriculum is we will be opening a, a Treaty 1 museum that, you know, focuses on the history of, of Treaty 1 and, and our seven communities and how they came to be and all about them. Um, but also, you know, an art gallery that's showcasing the art that, that we have and, and the artists that we have. And It sounds really good. But lest you think it's all museums and art galleries, here's Jolene one more time with an appeal for another kind of exchange. But the other thing we want uh, the university to do is for sure encourage your students, come spend money over here. That's really what we want, is everybody to come and spend their money uh, with us. And that's, that's why the research that was done is so important to ensure that the services and the things that we're providing there are not... Uh, you know, already being provided or they're being provided by us in a different way that's, you know, a gap maybe in services or, or retail that's in the area. Although the sales pitch got a laugh from the audience, the business potential of Nawi Udana really is a major part of what's going on. A couple episodes ago, we talked about the way urban reserves allow First Nations access to much greater economic opportunity than reserves in remote rural areas. And that's great news. From all I've learned about here, it sounds like Treaty One Nation and their development company have really done their homework in terms of providing the right services in a great urban setting. So, yeah, go and spend your money there. Support the businesses and cultural institutions at Nawi Udana. When construction is finished, of course. It'll be a while. But I, for one, can't wait to be parted with a few of my dollars when I visit Winnipeg and Nawi Udana in the years to come. Hey, if there's enough bike lanes, maybe I'll even move back there. Should I say that out loud? Is that a commitment? I don't know. Well, that's a wrap on this episode, on our Nawi Udana series, and on season three of the podcast. If you're listening for the first time, or you have been for a long time, thanks for tuning in. It's always fun digging into what's happening at CMU and why it matters beyond campus. If you want to get in touch or leave a comment on what you've heard, check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash so what podcast. My name is Jonas Cornelson, and I hope to chat with you again. Take care. <laughs>